What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Today, we are going to be discussing the future of The Terror Table. Last episode that you would have heard from us was the farewell episode of Kyle Zeravinsky. Rest in peace. Yeah, he's um, dead now. He's dead. Died in the trap. Um, never made it out. Boozy and I recorded like 45 minutes of an episode, uh, I think last week or the week before. And, and it was we, good shit too. Yeah, it was good, but we lost it. Uh, <laughs> wasn't even it, our fault either. It just, no, it li- wasn't like literally the app just fell apart. Take that zoom.com. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if we were going to bring back, well, one thing we did mention is, uh, obviously we are bummed that Kyle's left, but yes, we, we have a lot already. of, yeah, I do miss him. Um, but we are going to keep him alive in spirit by bringing back the now dubbed Kyle Zervinsky cancellation corner. Um, it'll always be named after him if we ever decide to bring that back. I guess now would be a good time oh, to bring it back. Okay, you made it sound like you were bringing it back. It's like, shit, I haven't thought of anybody I don't like lately. I mean, who deserves to be canceled? Not We could cancel zoom.com. Well, then but... how they're going to not let us use the site. Boozy. I hate to break it to you, but no one's listening. No, do you think there's like <laughs> do you think there's like a bot that just picks up on like slander the way that like Facebook picks up on posts from eight or, years ago? Yeah, or there's like uh, directors or like people who will put like um, notifications of their name whenever their names mentioned online. They can mm-hmm. whether they're tagged in or not. I have been a victim of that myself. <laughs> um, Why would yeah. you want to do that? Why would you like? I I, I don't feel like I'd care. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I think for filmmakers, it makes sense because you want to know what people are saying about your work. And especially if you have something new out, that that makes sense to me. But then. uh, Right. I would prefer to just like keep the words to like whatever my project would be, not my my name. Yeah. I don't know, man. Narcissism. It's a hell of a thing. Like especially Twitter, like everybody throws around the wildest shit on Twitter. That's just you. You, let, let's touch me. let's touch on that real quickly so you, you you had to start a new instagram account because you were permanently banned is that what happened uh i'm permanently shadow banned so <laughs> you can't like tag me or like really repost anything i never even knew that was a thing until i uh-huh. tried tagging you one day and apparently a bunch of people have done it <laughs> yeah um so go and follow your is what's your new account isn't it the same thing it's the same thing I just put a a underscore at the end, but if you look for it, it's there because I'm shadow banned on the other one. So you can't even look that one up anyway. Go and and, uh, follow Night of the Living Deadlift and see for yourself. (sighs) See for yourself what uh, Instagram is saying. It's it's too hot for TV. Um, Yeah, I have to to be less spicy. No, don't ever be less spicy. Your (laughs) your Instagram stories are pretty much all I live for. So that's so sweet of you. Also, I do enjoy slandering our uh, our premiere on Twitter. That is that is a good time. I just okay for anybody who's like not from our province. Like, I just need to explain this super super quick. For International Women's Day, he just posted a picture of himself, (laughs) and then an hour later had to clarify underneath and go, "I'm wearing a purple tie." (laughs) <laughs> like because apparently that's like the that the color for it He's but it, it was like it's ass. the most brain dead maneuvers anyway uh yeah no rest in peace to kyle uh we're we're gonna miss him on the last episode that we lost we actually spent a good 20 minutes mourning him and we're not gonna put people through that again and we're not gonna pretend like we 
we're not just going to say the same things that we did last time. Maybe that was that was the point of the episode that will never be found. Like the lost audio was mm-hmm. us just like commiserating Kyle, like really getting it out of our system. Because yeah. we said some really nice stuff that we'll never, ever say again. He'll never hear it. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. Honestly, it was some of the most touching words we've ever put together and it's gone. Yeah, so. Well, I guess uh, on that note, fuck them. We'll uh, continue on. Let's uh, let's talk. So what we're going to do this episode is the first little bit here. We're just going to quickly break down for you guys, which isn't all that much um, about what we're planning on doing with the show moving forward. Uh, And then we're not breaking up. That's no, we're not. Not yet. But we we uh, we are talking about uh, we're going to talk about what we have planned for the future of the terror table and how the show is going to look from here on out. We have a ton of really exciting stuff planned, and uh, I think people are going to be uh, happy about it. You know, as happy as they can be, but you know, mourning that ass of Kyle Zervinsky. Like, there's only like so we much just talked about do. his ass like directly after. It's yeah, like, yeah, Kyle's gone, but like that ass. Also, yes, we have some really cool people who people will not will not be expecting, but they're no. very cool. Yeah, we got some cool guests lined up, but what we're going to do. So, yeah, we'll touch on that. And then Boozy and I, we've had now like a month of movies that we've watched where we would normally have touched on them in Mm -hmm. the things we have seen parts. But with Final Destination, we were already doing five movies. And also, um, what's that called when you lower the casket into the earth? Um, Uh, That's a that's a WWE casket match. (laughs) Okay, that's what we were doing to Kyle. (laughs) um so we we didn't have time to talk about what we've seen but boozy and i've seen a lot uh there's going to be stuff that we're going to be talking about that people have probably gotten over by now like we still haven't yes. talked about the texas chainsaw massacre from and, and i i hope that you still have a little bit of gusto to talk about it because i i feel like that is something do. fun to talk about yep and i think i think it crapped <laughs> out halfway through me talking about the batman 2022 which uh i'll talk about today as well you were getting so into it too. And I was really like, I was really enjoying hearing yeah. all about this movie. I have not seen still. Absolutely. Well, uh, you got to see it. Well, we'll get to that. But um, yeah, I got tons of shit to talk about. But first, let's uh, let the listeners hear what we have planned in the future. So for the time being, we are going to continue being the toxic twosome, mm-hmm. uh, just the both of us. But we are going to usher in an ever rotating third chair. Uh, third co-host um, I'm sure we're still going to do episodes here and there where it'll be just the two of us we're going to be bringing on like our podcast homies like where you can expect to hear voices like Lindsay Wilkins from the shock and awe podcast who shout out whoever anyone who listened to that episode with us talking about good time and before the devil knows you're dead uh, it was released I believe a week ago from when we're recording this but that was an awesome episode to be a part of uh, always have really great conversations with Lindsay and I'm excited to bring her back on back on our turf to discuss some films and yeah we're gonna yeah. bring like you know daniel epler we're gonna have our dumbass friend jesse sawitsky probably join in um, I, always... I honestly on a personal note i'm really excited to hear from daniel again because la- that was that was a great episode last time he yeah. was on daniel is the homie and he's doing great things with his podcast cobwebs uh, which used to be a gothic cinema podcast but now they are just dusting off classic cinema which is something i've been doing a lot of lately Stuff yeah, no, you're talk- sending me some wild Snapchats. Sandy Wexler? Yeah. 
It's just like randomly watching Sandy Wexler on a fucking Wednesday night. It's like, Dude, okay. I've, been, I've been watching Sandy Wexler in 40 minute chunks. <laughs> it's a two and a half hour movie. Like it's fucking long. And I don't know. I didn't know what it was about because when I see a new Sandler movie, it's like, it, I know you're not going to like this, but I'm a fan of Sandler. I actually do like Sandler, the Sandman. Um, but he's you, okay. Some, what about him is, well, he's an incredible actor. Like for movies like uh, Uncut Gems and uh, Punch Drunk Love and uh, Funny People. I fucking love that movie. Okay, and his, okay. The OG 90s stuff like Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. Those are amazing. Like, I still love those movies. Um, the Waterboy doesn't hold up super well <laughs> upon rewatch. Um, I'm a big fan of Little Nicky. I think Little Nicky's fucking hilarious. Little Nicky, I feel like a lot of that, though, is just a time capsule of how comedy was, though. Yeah. Was and the POD of- soundtrack. P.O.D. and Zebrahead. Shout Zebra, out. Oh, God, that's a name yeah. I haven't heard. Zebrahead came up on my Discover Weekly on Spotify. Think about how fucked up that is. What were you I listening list- to like the uh, oh, what the fuck is all those I, weird the ghost ship soundtrack or something? Man, I, I straight up listened to a lot of new metal and like it was ironic for a while, but it's it's not anymore. Like, I don't know if you know the band Don Bronco. I can't imagine you know like them. Um, but they, yeah, they were supposed to be touring with like the plot in you. Like they're, they're a big like UK band, but either way, like they're straight up new metal. And I'm like, I fucking love it. It's super fun. It is um, weird how new metal kind of just came back. Oh, it's back. It's back, baby. Um, but yeah, no, I'm having fun with it. Where was I getting at with that? Oh, Sandler. Yeah. Sandy Wexler. Do you know what that movie's about? Like he's just a shitty Hollywood agent and it's just, man, there is one scene. I actually fell. I nearly fell out of my bed laughing last night. <laughs> Cause it's just, you're a fucking uh, mad. This guy's watching 20 minute chunks of Sandy Wexler, just losing it. Not even just watching it, like losing man, it. No. Okay. So I, I would say for the most part, I have like a little grin in the corner of my mouth, like a little grin. But I burst out fucking laughing and I was in tears. There's a scene where like he's like trying to find someone stalking outside this girl's uh, outside her uh, house. And out of nowhere, a raccoon jumps at him and he just nails it with a bat and it explodes into blood. <laughs> and that just. OK, that's really pretty quick. good. That's pretty. Oh, good. man. It was so funny. So it's comedy, baby. But no, <laughs> that's that oh, showbiz right there. Yeah, showbiz. We were talking about cobwebs, and yeah, no, I've been watching lots of like noir classics. Like I watched uh, Out of the Past with Robert Mitchum and Kirk Douglas, and uh, I saw that last... you celebrated Dracula's one hundredth. Nosferatu, or yeah, sorry, Nos... Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah, Nosferatu. Watch. I actually watched Dracula again the other night too. Um, so my roommate's just this incredibly talented artist, and he's currently painting a Dracula piece. Okay, so we put on the classic Universal monsters dracula while we were painting he's teaching me how to paint and it's a new thing i'm actually really getting into like i'm certainly no good but fuck me man it's a lot of fun a lot of fun did he start Um, you with finger painting well i did do the druid's hand first like that was the first thing i did was the logo okay it wasn't it it wasn't the turkey i did actually put my hand on it though because it's watercolor (laughs) so it's kind of finger painting okay I just wanted uh, to know if, like, if you started with baby steps, he's like, no. I'm going to do this really articulate drawing and you muck about with this. That's exactly what it is, though. <laughs> like, he's he's teaching me like I'm five. Um, and it's so it's weird that it's still inspiring watching him because he's so fucking good. Like, he's been doing this since he was a teenager. 
and uh like he used to be a tattoo artist and he's uh like just fine artist like he's incredible whatever i'm gonna have monsoon for sure we'll we'll have him on sometime i'm excited for you to meet him um really solid dude but um where is it getting okay let's get back on track here so yeah we'll be bringing people on to to join us but we're going to be doing two episodes a month now uh we might end up being able to fit out more but we're going to aim for just two and what we're going to do is we're going to do a series for one episode which is going to be a triple feature and then we're going to try and have a follow-up interview interview episode with someone who works within that subgenre that we're tackling in some sort of way sometimes we're not going to be able to find the right person for that interview episode so we might just do a normal terror table episode you know yeah if, if we can't reach far enough We'll yeah. figure something out. But we're going to we're gonna triple up the terror. We're going to be doing th- uh, triple features. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea that I had was, for example, we're going to have Lindsay Wilkins on to talk about monster movies. We're going to be doing a monster mash. And she's going to pick one movie and we'll see what decade it's from, what era, whatever. And Boozy and I will each choose one on either side of that decade so that we're spanning multiple decades and see how similar material is handled at different times so hopefully that will make for some interesting conversations it'll also give us a chance to really dig into the meat of what these types of subgenres have to offer i know our next one we don't have a guest picked out for this one yet but it's in classic terror table fashion last time we got dumped uh last time we got broken up with by diego Boozy and I went right for the creature features uh, or nature run amok. Now, everyone has their their go to, but uh, ours is clearly like giant animals. Backcountry. Uh, yeah, backcountry. And w- I think we did Shark Night 3D and like bait <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah. So, stuff that Diego would have had no interest in. Um, so hopefully people want to listen to us because that shit's our bread and butter. We love that stuff. That's some of the most fun you can have. Yeah. I mean, personally, I feel like maybe I'm a little biased, but yeah. So we don't we don't have a this one will be a little different, though. Uh, we already have the three movies picked out. And so I'll, you go with me announcing that right now, just so people have time to check them mm-hmm. out themselves. And while we uh, find a third guest or co-host for that episode, um, we're going to be doing three killer crocodile movies that were all released in 2007. So it's quite possibly the polar opposite of what i said that we were going to do um, by doing different decades but uh we're going to talk the about the most us thing ever yes yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about rogue from 2007 which is a movie boozy and i have referenced many many times since yeah. the beginning of this show since like day uh, one yeah we're going to talk about blackwater which is another one that we uh have spoken quite highly of in the past and we're gonna check out i still haven't actually seen this one but apparently yeah it's called croc Croc was also released in 2007, which I also have not seen. That's a perfect, a, a black spot in my memory here. Yeah, and then uh, for our interview episode, we are going to bring on a live alligator. <laughs> We're gonna bring on the alligator that Bam put out for his mom. Yes, the flat fuck. Yeah, because those fuckers live forever, and I'm sure he has plenty of interest. He or she has plenty of interesting stories yeah exactly so you can stay tuned for that no for real we will we'll announce once we have that all confirmed but we have someone in mind uh that we're really excited to talk to uh yeah that's generally what we're gonna do we're gonna just keep trying to we're gonna have the conversation on horror we're gonna have fun this is a good time for you and i to hang out and do our Mm -hmm. little shenanigans that stunt our maturity levels um every single week yep 
and, I, and I taint like, our reputations. Absolutely. And that's just something I'm really, I'm really in the market to taint my reputation right now. <laughs> so I figured this would be a good time to do it. But uh, yeah, so that's going to be some fun stuff that we got coming up. And who knows if this is a colossal failure, maybe we will do a much music BJ search and uh, put some feelers out for a third fun. Yeah. But the the funniest part about it would be we never intend on getting a third co-host. You want to talk about some movies? Sure. All right. Let's lead it off. Yeah, you you take this one. You know which one we're going into, which one we're going to dig into the meat of. All right, so we're going to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We have to. 2022. Yes. Uh, it's so funny. We're so late on talking about it. Mm-hmm. it we've, already, we've already witnessed the entire ebb and flow of how the internet works. It came out. Everyone is kind of excited for it. Everybody shit on it. And now it's gone. Yeah. I wouldn't say everybody shit on it, but it, the odds definitely weren't in its favor. I okay, saw more, I, I won't I saw say everybody shit on it, but it was. Uh, I, I saw a lot of. I guess overall, before I talk about how I felt about it, is I, I did feel like there was a ton of negativity to it. Absolutely, which I don't feel like it deserves. All right, so right out the gate, there we got Boozy is a fan. Yeah, I I thought it was it was fun. It was. It gruesome it, it did some cool stuff the story isn't anything interesting that we haven't already uh, watched in halloween but or any other like or any been other. done in so many other uh franchises at this point just to reference as a recent thing because yeah. halloween got shit on for the exact same thing um it was a funny i saw a letterbox review or someone said hey this happened to my friend Lori a couple of years ago <laughs> That's actually pretty good. So it's the the return of Texas Chain of uh, Leatherface. So after nearly 50 years of hiding, Leatherface returns to terrorize a group of idealistic young friends who accidentally disrupt his carefully shielded world in a remote Texas town. Uh, the film was written or written co-written by Fede Alvarez and Chris Thomas Devlin. Um, it was directed by David Blue Garcia, who I believe. I, I don't have my facts up here sorry he buddy. uh actually directed uh love don't cost a thing jennifer lopez J- yes jennifer lopez's 2001 smash hit. that was him yeah yeah that's him yep that's him yeah it's just a, it's a new texas chainsaw massacre movie where okay so i've made it no secret on the show that i think texas chainsaw massacre is one of the greatest horror movies of all time like that original i still I hold that in the highest esteem of all um, among the greats, like Alien and Jaws and the thing. And you're doing the Italian thing, right? Yes, now. I am. I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, speaking with my hands. Yeah. I love that movie. And I love like the it's lightning in a bottle. That will never happen again. Like that will never happen again. Even Toby Hooper knew that wouldn't happen again, which is one of the many reasons why part two is brilliant. I fucking love Texas Chainsaw Massacre part two. It's a goofy, wild ass movie um still it's fun like as the, hell to watch they just went the other way the other texas chainsaw massacre movies are not good they haven't well, been well, good, hold on except for the remake 2003 2003 is phenomenal that yep. by itself stands alone as a fantastic film yeah i love it it's polished and uh it's it's and definitely an mtv version of the texas chainsaw massacre mm-hmm. but it's a damn good version of what it was going for and i think leatherface is horrifying in that in that movie um i i, I love that remake and uh 
yeah the i honestly don't even hate the beginning like uh, i've only seen it twice i think but i didn't i didn't hate it um leatherface that one that everyone forgot about that came out a couple of years ago like that that was a, a that was offensive to me like it that was a miserable viewing experience we i watched yeah. that while we were podcasting yeah it was uh it, not enjoyable did not did not like that one this one i i don't hate it and i don't love it uh but i watched it twice so it shows that i got quite a bit of enjoyment out of the carnage like the the actual brutality of the movie is mm-hmm. so over the top and so fun it's so well shot um the the whole bus sequence was just fucking hilarious and uh i, I also had that little taste in my mouth of um what's his name tim robinson doing that i got too much fucking shit on me it straight up looks like that sketch okay so i have a question it <clears throat> with with how te- we've had this complaint with halloween where how exposing michael to a ton of people all the time like taking him out of the shadows kind of makes him a little bit less frightening in its own way he's never mm-hmm. supposed to really be out of the shadows and that's not the point of him whereas when you look at i found it weird like it was a very cool scene in the bus with leatherface but just kind of thinking about in the spirit of what the original texas chainsaw is it seems really odd that he's just out there around everybody the spirit uh, that's the thing that's most missing from this movie is the spirit of the texas chainsaw mm-hmm. Oscar. like that's really it's missing it entirely am, am i like it, I, I i don't know i feel like if if a inst- like in the original texas chainsaw Massacre, instead of it being just a couple kids in a van if like 60 people showed in, up in a bus it wouldn't I, happen it wouldn't ha- i i feel like yeah. he, he would just be like uh like kind of uh, because he is like a giant kid in a way so he'd be like yeah. shy or afraid whereas yeah it, it just it's that's what i'm out of place yeah like so that's the thing is i think as in comparison to the original which is so fucking hard to compare because like i said it's lightning in a bottle it's a perfect horror movie but they they said themselves they, that they got rid of all the other ones and that's the direct sequel so yeah they they, they failed on if that's the if that's the route they wanted to go for they that's failed their on timeline now yeah they 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 failed on every single front, if that's the case. Uh, but I think it's a fun slasher movie. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous and it's it's glossy, but it was like I've seen I've seen much worse in this exact franchise. And I think a lot see, of people, we've seen worse depictions of Leatherface, like way yeah, worse. I wasn't I wasn't overly excited for this movie. I was more so curious and knew that I was going to watch it because I'm like, I love Leatherface. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm going to watch this. But I knew better. Than to, then I I don't know why people didn't know better than to temper their expectations for what you're about to see from a Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, mm-hmm. and um I know Fede like we talked about this on the last episode too that is forever lost, but Fede is now holding the keys to the Alien Kingdom, and mm-hmm. I I love Fede Alvarez like I think that that Evil Dead remake was awesome um completely like that was a prime example of how to do a remake like i i i loved their that, direction yeah, and that's a fantastic about. movie on its own merit yeah and the, and this one does a lot of the same things that evil dead did but mm-hmm. just not as well and i think it's because they were trying so hard to to somehow stay true to the story but in doing so they fucking didn't <laughs> like um i think sally is the the main issue with the movie like mm-hmm. I, I think if you took her out obviously the movie wouldn't even be a feature length 
Um, but she, her stuff was just super unnecessary and felt very tacked on and uh, just cringy. Like, and, and, and which sucks because when they announced the, the actress, the actor, um, Alwyn Foray, I can't even pronounce her last name. Mm-hmm. She's from, she's from uh, Mandy and she's been in a couple other really good films. Oh, the survivalist, which is a movie I loved. Uh, but I, she's a great actor and they, they give her nothing to work with here and what they do give her it's fucking stupid it's it's very dumb but it, it is very much like i know you said the 2003 one is the mtv one this one kind of like the netflix oh, much, one kind of feels yeah. more like the bubble gummy yeah this is one. The, this is the tiktok version uh, yeah and i i think that i had you love con- tiktok i do love tiktok that's well that's where you get the good content now mm-hmm. vine's long been dead yep um I just I, I find it weird that they I, I know the day and age we're in, but for them to have like for Leatherface's mom to be aware that it's politically incorrect to have a Confederate flag flying and then apologize, it it doesn't make sense. No, the, this, all, all of that's a failure. And and that's the thing is that I know I know that there would be the the anger of political correctness but if you're going for it to try and be anything like texas chainsaw the original one which stay true to the grittiness of it and uh, i mean not that i'm like hey why isn't there racism in this movie it's just it, there was multiple things in this film where it just these characters felt like they were written by people today for those characters back then where it's looking at it through the lens of how different everything is now and trying to make these characters fit into these pieces they can't be yeah you can't have a you can't have a cannibalistic family apologize for the political correctness of a confederate flag and you're also missing the family like that's something huge that this movie's missing is like the so much of the terror of the original comes and you even mentioned this like how Leatherface is kind of like a just a full-grown man boy. Yeah. And uh, how I've always viewed him is he's like a unhinged gorilla who doesn't know how to handle the skin he's in. Um, <laughs> and that's what like I that's what you're missing in this. Like he's an overly confident leatherface in this, which I don't like. Um, I think he looks awesome. The design of Leatherface looks fucking brutal. Uh, but like every it just doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense but at the same time it, the movie gives you almost no reason to start like you can't even make sense of it from the first 10 minutes like it's right. it's just so all over the place and my biggest gripe with like everyone hating on this movie is like people getting so literal with like well a chainsaw wouldn't work that way it's like well welcome to movies like you're you're watching Did a people really movie. have an issue with that of any oh, man. Of all the things yeah that and how yeah his uh, chainsaw would have trouble starting up and uh, but the the only one yeah who gives a fuck like and how a chainsaw wouldn't cut through a person that way and i'm like honestly if i were to ever make a texas chainsaw massacre movie one thing that i would really want to do or if i could talk to someone who's going to make one is it would be pretty awesome to include one scene where the chainsaw is realistic and it's like taking forever to cut someone's head off (laughs) and they're like still alive and it's just grueling and it takes like five minutes and just make it super Um, over the top I'm pretty sure there's websites that show things like that if you really want. Link me. <laughs> link, link me, please. I'm all for uh, 
social commentary in horror movies that's mm-hmm. you know that's nothing new but the the social commentary got missed so so it was so messy so so messy and like the the movie itself you just can't take seriously enough to to care about whatever kind of statement they're trying to make right um but at the end of the day like i said i feel like i'm sounding more negative on it than i actually feel about it i've honestly already forgotten about it and uh it's just a it's a fun movie to put on and just watch people get ripped up like yeah this is I so thought, much I better it had than some, some really 3D. good i think we mentioned is anytime the there's actual violence happening it's yeah. great it looks great <clears throat> leatherface is very imposing but yeah, at the same time, he does feel kind of like an NPC the whole time. Like, you know, when he uh, cuts off his mom's face or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just it all that felt like he was just an NPC is it's just like I have to move yeah. to checkpoint here, do this checkpoint there. I, I don't know. I, I know you're there's different ways to create urgency. I knew. With, yeah. With I, face besides doing that. I knew we were in trouble when they were going the Rob Zombie's Halloween tour out and putting him in the back of the the ambulance and he's got the super strength to rip a guy's arm in half and stab him in the jugular. Yeah, which looked look, awesome. Just, just tell him that like there's no room. He has does to stay. He, does he have the bane venom? Like what what's how is he able to fuck yeah, either yeah, no, see I'm right away sounding like one of those idiots who's looking for logic in this. Um, also, I, I have to question pose the question. Okay, so other than that, all I, I still think it's a decent film. I'm assuming that there's going to be a sequel based on how it finished. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, or that's yeah. just a really weird way to end a series if they're not well, doing that timeline any longer. I'm pretty sure it was watched a lot. So it was the second most viewed in Netflix next to history. Sandy Wexler. Next to Sandy, Adam Sandler's classic Sandy. It wasn't even the original run of it. It's when they just premiered it on Netflix. Good God. Um, Um, I have a question for you, though. Yeah. Uh, With us moving farther away from things like Texas Chainsaw, where it's more of a specific time frame and how sequels have been set up within that franchise, are we too far away almost time-wise? to make sequels work anymore with that like you can look at even like 3d remember we were talking about with the, oh, how they can't make it the, uh, so is there just going to be a certain point where like texas chainsaw is no longer going to have anything to do with the original one at well, all it's just in name they'll probably just have to do what they did in 2003 and entirely reboot it again like hmm. which you know kind of has to be the play at this point because you can't have a 70 year old other phase yeah like we're and i know people are saying everything like the same with how like michael is like michael's what 60 some it's it's like yeah at a certain point but also he's like he's not healing away yeah so so they i'm 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 all for the like i didn't love the movies but i i'm all for them picking up like doing what they did you know like the the initial core idea of it Mm -hmm. makes more sense to me like that or like even a Friday the 13th, I feel like they could do, but I don't know why you would want to like Friday the 13th just kind of, I think they're going to need to just start fresh or, mm-hmm. you know, just pick up right with Jason in the woods. Um, I, I also think it's very odd that they had uh, the family just living in that random, what would you even call that? Like a saloon town? <laughs> It was like Boomtown in Saskatoon. Yeah. Uh, it was like a museum. Of, like, yeah, it, it, it no. reminded me of like an old Western town with all the buildings are connected. So yeah. why did they move 
there of all but once again it's it, weird things that this family wouldn't do yeah you're asking too many questions for what they gave us i guess so we're, we're the wrong people to be asking these questions that should have happened at the drawing board well it's just when you're making a sequel to arguably one of the best horror movies ever made yeah uh why would you why would you respect it yeah why yeah, why would you why? worry about the details of what makes it yeah creepy outside of like oh there's a big guy running yeah no i'm uh yeah i don't know i'm pretty i'm tapped on texas chainsaw fair do you, do you fair. have anything else you want no nope, no nope, that no. was the last kind of point i wanted to get out okay do you want to let's see uh, i don't know if we have any others i'm gonna look through my list here that you might have seen um have you did you watch the cursed Mm-mm. okay do you want me to knock that one off quick and then you go sure so the cur- the cursed is a 2022 film uh, as well i believe it actually premiered at sundance a couple of years ago like pre-covid and uh to like really good reviews uh this is a werewolf picture um that is now been released wide and i've been really looking forward to seeing it because you know we love werewolves and uh it's a time period sensitive 19th century france werewolf film that feels a lot like a modern like modernized in the sense that it's made recently Mm -hmm. uh hammer film It, it has a lot of hammer isms to it but it's at the end of the day it's just it's a really really brutally bleak and depressing film that some that people confuse great. yeah some people confuse that for boring but um I, I certainly didn't find this one boring i think there's a couple parts where i was like you know i i was just into the aesthetic i think the movie looks really good um they have some really incredible practical effects in this thing but it also has some vfx that i didn't like looking at <laughs> um but the movie itself like the, the i thought it was fine um I, w- I liked it a lot more near the halfway point of the movie i was really really into it and i think i just liked seeing how someone was making a movie this nihilistic because that's kind of my thing like i, I really like really depressing films and this one really checks off a lot of those boxes but I, it's been one i've been wanting i want to watch again and I'll probably report back after I give it another watch. But uh, the violence in this thing is just fucking vicious. It's a, it's brutal. And uh, so does it does it feel uh, how am I going to put that with with it being like a timepiece? Does it does it feel right to be in that element? Does oh, yeah, it, it's yeah. definitely. Yeah, that that's probably the best parts about the movie is its authenticity to the time, uh, at least from what I took away from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the curse is one of the worst movie titles i've ever heard maybe uh it's got to be one of the worst and of course that was a studio thing like it was originally titled eight for silver which is a way cooler name oh, that um, is a very that's like a westerny like you yeah, feel it's like, awesome yeah yeah i love that name um but yeah they they changed it to the cursed uh it is about a curse there's there's gypsies and um silver teeth and i don't know i'm, I'm gonna be interested to hear what you think of it uh i would temper it's it's 100% on my list yeah I I just I would temper your expectations of what a werewolf is to you Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) which I think could be something that might end up turning you off but uh the movie had enough going for it that I want to watch it again like I I watched after work one day and it was just it was a really exhausting day and my brain wasn't fully there I guess it never really is but 
<laughs> it, it, it says something that I want to already look at it again. And I, I've been wanting to watch it with my roommate. So he, he's in the art department and does that kind of stuff, like built sets and um, does all the set dressing and aging of walls and stuff like that. And I find that stuff, that's one of my favorite parts about filmmaking is how you can turn somewhere into something completely different from a completely different era and this movie really succeeds in that and i think boyd holbrook is a badass uh he's in this movie as well he's in that um the critically acclaimed predator sequel remake oh, that came yes. out a couple of years ago <laughs> that delicious piece of cinema love that movie so good do you People remember gotta... any of the lines from that movie uh, boozy i've seen that movie a hundred times yes i do yeah Oh, I love that movie. It is pure cinema. Um, but yeah, so that's the the cursed. I recommend checking it out, especially if you're into period pieces and stuff like that of gothic nature. It, it's worth a look. It's not, certainly nothing that's going to be like the end of the year. I'm not going to be like, this is the best movie I've seen this right. year. I, I have another one to talk about today. However, that uh, is going to be one of those contenders. But yeah, that was the the cursed or the better name eight for silver. Boozy, you want to tell me something you've watched? Yeah, I, I feel like I have a great tie-in for this. <clears throat> so this is a somewhat recent uh on the werewolf front. Uh this is more of a fantasy movie than it is a true horror movie, but it fits really well. It's a Portuguese movie called uh, Good Manners. You can check this movie out on Mubi, actually. So Mubi finally came in handy. Wow, shout out Mubi. Maybe yeah. we can bring Mubi on since Kyle's off. Kyle's <laughs> out, Mubi's in. Um, so this is basically a kind of a fantasy gothic film about a mother who's raising a child who's afflicted with a curse and kind of just how she goes about that as, while also trying to have a job and it's it's a very interesting film. Wait, it's I know good good manners. Yeah, is it something else since it's in Portuguese? Because like I can't find it on. Type in good manners twenty seventeen. Okay, you'll find <laughs> right. it. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to see if I didn't have the. Uh, <laughs> it uh, it's Portuguese as boas manieras. Yeah, good try, good try. The efforts there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I would I would definitely recommend people check out this film. Uh, oh damn, ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It is it is very cool. Like it's it's fairly light on the horror. There's a couple scenes. Um, they they have some cool animations and and special effects in it. So yeah, I, and uh, I love the posters. overall a little bit dark too. It has yeah. some fairly dark moments to it. So I think I think you'd definitely like it, Mitch. Yeah, it looks like something I would like. Um, yeah, no, that's jumping right up to the top of my list. Alex, <laughs> this looks awesome. Cool. Um, do you want to knock off another one? Yeah, I'm going to knock this one off really quickly because it's more about the service than it is the actual film. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, I checked out Terminator. I haven't watched oh, Terminator yeah. in forever. And Terminator's on Tubi. Is it? Yeah. So yeah, if you... there's not like enough reasons to yeah. check out the free Tubi. We need a sponsorship from Tubi 100%. Like I said a million times, they don't make any money. <laughs> or but if they, they do, I, I bet I, I'm sure they do off ads and stuff like that. I like I just I feel like it's weird that people don't know that you can just go on Tubi and watch Terminator. Yeah. Or like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Or Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Or Black Christmas. 
Yeah, there's some amazing movies on Tubi. Some dog anyway, shit on Tubi, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just kind of going over Terminator. I hadn't watched it in a year or two, but once again, fantastic. It is a slasher film. Yeah, it's a straight it's, up horror movie, man. It, it that, is. That, that and that's one, kind of it? the best part and why yeah. I think I like it more than T2 now, the more I've watched it. Yeah, that's that's just a conversation I always try to avoid because I love them both. Like I, well, I love, and I've been convinced for it's turning into like an aliens alien conversation. Totally. Yeah. Anyway, and I just want to say reasons. that check out Tubi. Terminator. Yeah, check out there. Tubi. Ter- Terminator Tubi. Yeah, that that OG is so good, and it's one that just gets better every time you watch it. Like I feel like uh, upon re- revisits and like as I get older, I like yeah. it more. Like you said, Alien Aliens. It's a great film. Uh, another great film is Gerald's Game, yes, which I is. I got to go see that a couple of weeks ago at the Rio Theater with uh, once again Mike Flanagan was in attendance doing a Q and A. That's and so cool. He brought the star of the film Carla Gugino along with him, and uh, so she was there and she spoke. They both spoke with the audience afterwards. That I had seen that movie twice when it came out. I really enjoyed it. It meant watching it on a big screen with a packed house. Fuck, that movie is so good. It is so good. It jumped up in my books. Like, I really, really liked it when it came out. But now I'm like, holy fuck, like that. It's so effective. There's, you know, obviously the one famous scene uh, that everyone thinks of when you think of that movie is Mm -hmm. seeing that with a crowd. And my friend Dallas was visiting from Saskatoon. He came with me and he hadn't seen it. So watching him squirm. He hadn't seen it. That's great. There were a lot of people in attendance who hadn't seen it yet. Um, Which is, I think this is happening with a lot of Flanagan stuff. Is like, you see so much praise for the guy, but he's still like, he's not hitting those numbers on Netflix. Like I know Midnight Mass was generally considered a, like a, it, it wasn't watched a lot and the same thing happened with dr sleep when it was released like so many people don't even know that that movie exists and uh i've loved everything that he's done but yeah gerald's games jumped up in my in my books um and it was awesome listening to them talk about it i you, you can just type his name into any podcast format and you'll find an interview with him where he'll probably share similar stories but the stories from the set were really interesting. Super nice guy. She was a delight to to watch and interact with the audience. But uh, mainly just giving people another. If you haven't seen Gerald's Game, uh, give it a watch on Netflix because that movie is just pure tension. It's so well done. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Is there a physical for that? I don't know if there is yet because I'm Cause pretty I sure. I know that, like, a bunch of that stuff has come up through Netflix. They never make physicals for, which is very frustrating. Yeah, it is because there there's a couple on there. Like I would like to own his house. Um, that's one because I just I want the special features, baby. Like, yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I want. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, Kurt, uh, Gerald's game. So it's awesome. So check that out. I'll just quickly tag this one on because I don't. Sure. You haven't seen it, and I think it's another one that people are probably tired of hearing about at this point. But I did see the Batman. Uh, people it's know I'm a big Batman stan. I'm a big Robert Pattinson stan. Um, Paul Dano. Zoe Kravitz, Colin Farrell, fuck, the, this movie is just stacked to the brim with stars. And yeah, it's a uh, fuck all of y'all Pattinson haters. He's awesome. He's great in this movie. This is the, I know there's a ton, tons of memes going around about it. Oh, it's like, you know, in the years this, I'm seeing a dark, gritty Batman. The years this, I'm seeing a darker, grittier Batman. And it's 2022 and it's the grittiest Batman yet. 
which is all true. But this is the first time um, that I feel like they've handled Batman in a detective sense very, very well. Uh, they're leaving the theater. I was ecstatic. Like I loved it. And when I was, t- I talked to you the day after, and I was still riding mm-hmm. high on it. I I love the movie. Um, de- definitely a huge fan. I think Paul Dano was really good. Uh, he is just kind of you know what you would expect from Paul Dano. Like I. I thought they could have gone a little crazier with the the Riddler and what he does, but he is generally just the Zodiac killer, which is why I think this is. Yeah, because I remember that... you saying it was basically just the Zodiac. Okay, he's so definitely... is is that the preferred villain outside of like uh, going for Joker? Like, would that be the next one that like, oh, I want to see him like Batman fight the Riddler? I feel like there'd be other. Oh man, like that's the best part about Batman is there's so many amazing villains to to pull from, and I have a theory on what I think is going to be the next one. Um, they obviously tease the, I guess it's people have seen it by now, but, and then now it's all over the internet as of today. They, Joker, uh, right? Joker. Yeah. Yeah. I, even um, I saw that. Yeah. And it, but it's played by Barry Cogan, who's from like, he's the spaghetti kid from killing of a sacred deer. And yeah. he, he's a creepy motherfucker when he doesn't have makeup on. So uh, the, the brief interaction he has with him in the film is just, it's chilling. And I know a lot of people are jokered out at this point. Um, I can never be jokered out. It's my lifestyle, my whole personality. Is it your death style as well? It is my death style. Yes, it's my life. These things determine each other. Yes, yes, correct. Um, Yeah, Batman is fucking great. I'm really looking forward to seeing again. I didn't feel the three hour length at all. I know that most people do, but I've like when that when the credits rolled, I was like, give me three more hours. I will stay here. I want more. I want to keep watching. I was like, it flew by for me. I was just so in love with it. Everything that you've heard is true. It's like seven, but Batman and, you know, Zodiac Killer, all that. It's it's really brooding, really dark. But I was saying that I think it's my favorite Batman yet. And man, every time me and my roommate, we put on The Dark Knight. And uh, every time you watch that movie, it's just it's like the most easily watchable movie out there like that. Those those Nolan movies are still great as well. I know a lot of people shit on the Dark Knight Rises, but I really oh, dude, I still Rises is so good. Yeah, I I like Dark Knight Rises. Like it's my least favorite of the three, but the fact that people are saying that that's a bad movie is one of those times times where it's like, have you seen a bad movie? Like, do you know what bad movies look like? If you're considering the Dark Knight Rises a bad movie, like what? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Loved it. Loved Batman. More goodness for me. Bring <laughs> on more. Zoe Kravitz in that pink wig. <laughs> so that's Lenny Kravitz's daughter, obviously, right? Yes. yes so she's amazing. Has has that thing happened where he's gotten into movies because of her? Like he's just going to randomly be like a side character? He was in the Hunger Games. Was he? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's been in other movies too, but I don't, I'm not a I've never been a big so it seems like it might be a surprise for people, but I haven't been a big Lenny Kravitz fan in my in my time. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> this whole time I thought I've been recording with a, Kra- a fellow Kravitz or yeah, no, that ain't me. <laughs> I think Zoe Kravitz is a great actor. Um, she's really good in the Batman. Like, yeah, I just no, nothing really bad to say about it. I just want more. I, I loved it. Um, so yeah, that is that. Do you want to give me another one? Oh yeah, I got. I still got some stuff left. This is gonna be a two for a two for here because it's part of the same series. Uh, I watched Open Water one mm. and Open Water two. 
Nice. So I got the double pack on Blu-ray. Do you remember much about two? I don't really want to talk that much. I remember about it one. somehow being worse than like I, I now I've come back on like last time I saw open water, I was like, there's actually some really good shit in there. Like it's yes, tense, there, tense there actually is. Yeah. The second one is just them drowning. I was like, okay, well, I'm I'm always wanting to rewatch shark movies. I just go through these there, there's no sharks in the second one, right? Don't they just drown? Exactly. That's the part that is so fucking confusing. <laughs> I forgot that that open water to a drift. Not... I think it's called a drift. Yeah. So it's it's like the most not misleading title ever. They literally mm-hmm. just hold on to a boat the entire fucking movie. And I'm sitting there waiting for a shark. I'm like, okay, there's blood in the Something's water. Happen, a yeah. shark's coming. Yeah. They like made a point to like show blood going in the water so don't don't watch if you're wanting to watch open water from 2006 open water adrift don't do it there's no sharks in that no no reason to yeah can you imagine just going and paying to a movie paying to go see a movie and sitting there and just the whole point is that you're just slowly watching people drown for an hour and a half like well i i'm i'm glad that i was not in like aware of this movie when it came out in theaters because I'd be yeah. so frustrated if you'd seen the first one. You're like, all right, sharks. Hell yeah. Yeah. I remember, yeah, the, the first one, I hated it when I was younger, but that's because I had the pea brain, the small pea brain. And then when you watch it as an adult and not expect, and you're not expecting a deep blue sea or something crazy, it's like, mm-hmm. it's actually a pretty chilling movie. Yeah. So the whole reason I'm doing that, because eventually I'm going to get to it, is I remember certain parts of three that I enjoyed. So I am wanting to rewatch three now. That mm-hmm. was my plan. But I got really frustrated after watching two. I remember when we found the trailer for that and it was just called Cage Dive. And then yes. they announced that it was now an open water movie, which makes sense. Marketing. I stands. forgot. If, yes, it just got yeah. swallowed by there's like, well, it's open water now. Yeah. Which, you know, makes sense from a marketing standpoint. But it, I mean, it's more of an open water movie than the second I was gonna one. Say, it's more apt to be an open water yeah. movie than two. Anyway, yeah. what have you seen, Mitch? I watched Gaia finally. Did, did uh, what do yeah. you think? I really liked Gaia. I thought Gaia. This is a eco-friendly movie or eco, eco horror. Yeah, it's it's one from I believe it came out last year. Yeah, twenty twenty one. An injured forest ranger on a routine mission is saved by two off the grid survivalists. What is initially a welcome rescue grows more suspicious as the son and his renegade father reveal a cultist devotion to the forest. Uh, watch this one with our pals Jason Hamill and Lauren and uh, Lauren Carr. And, big shoutouts. Yeah, Lauren's a big fan of eco horror, and uh, Jason's just uh, it's Jason. And we, we sat down to watch this thing and man, like this, it's very beautifully shot. I think yeah. the, the setting is really solid. Uh, if you're a fan of The Last of Us, you're going to feel like there's some a lot of familiar stuff in there. But to me, that's not a it's not a bad thing. I thought like there's the, the creature effects in this movie were fucking I think, awesome. I think that kind of helps it because for the most part, people are like, oh, yeah, it's a clicker. The mushroom people. Yeah, they're, they're mushroom people. <laughs> like, just call them as they is. They call them as they are. Um, but yeah, it's on it's on Prime Video, and I I really dug it. Actually, I was I, I like these survival stories and these um, how people are gonna you know make it without any kind of assistance or help in the middle of the the wilderness. And uh, this movie does it very very well. What and, did you uh, think of the beautiful ending? 
it was very very beautiful like that's the my favorite part about it is the way it was shot and like there's some there's some moments in it specifically with the creatures that just really they're just really beautiful to look at it's something that would be this is a perfect sunday afternoon rainy afternoon movie to watch um so yeah i i dug gaia i'd recommend checking it out also like you said we we just approached or just surpassed the 100 year anniversary of nosferatu so i gave that a watch one friday evening it was the on the 100th anniversary i gave it a watch guess where guess where you can find it Tubi. Tubi, baby a- it is another to be with the nonstop w's exactly it's wild that it's free yeah spoiler uh nosferatu is great it's still spoiler, an awesome nosferatu doesn't hold up at all yeah exactly <laughs> oh i just feel like it's really dated i um, want to go and look at like one star reviews of it oh i'm on, sure there uh, are like uh, yeah like uh letterbox yeah i i still find nosferatu creepy i want to rewatch werner herzog's nosferatu because i haven't seen it in a while that it also made awesome. me want to watch yeah maybe want to watch the shadow of the vampire the uh making of uh nosferatu by uh, what, what mockumentary that oh yeah that's the one where it's happening while it's happening yeah that yeah. one's i didn't I- I didn't love scared it me when I was younger. Yeah, yeah, I remember it scared me too. But I like one of my all-time favorite movies is Ed Wood, which does the same thing. Uh, but I know a lot of people really fucking love Shadow of the Vampire. And last time I watched it, I remember not being crazy about it. Uh, but I think I need to just give it another watch. I got a couple left, but I want to hear more from you. Okay, I I've kind of saved. I have three left. I kind of wanted to save these all for the end to talk about because they're ones I'm fairly excited for. So do you mind if I just clear it all out and then I'm done? Yeah, clear it out. And then I guess I have the same and I saved. Uh, I don't know why I saved the best. Okay. I saved the best for last. Yeah. Perfect. Sorry. So as, as we all know, I love finding things that you just don't hear. Not that you don't like, I, you know, I, I like looking for old things that no and, movies that people don't talk about. And so, Nemo. Yeah. And you love finding Nemo. <laughs> so, the first one, this is from 1988. This is a film called Scarecrows. Oh, boy. I've seen I, this movie. So good. I what? love this movie. Oh, I got to watch it again. I remember it being really boring. Oh, no. I had so much fun watching this. I'm, I'm sure there's like multiple movies called Scarecrows, unless we saw different ones. No, this one was released through Scream Factory, too. Yeah. Uh, no, I, this, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. This movie is so much fun. I keep saying that, but anyway, it's about a, you know, there's not that much story to it. It's a bunch of mercenaries plane crash in a cemetery that has a bunch of scarecrows in it and the scarecrows uh, come to life and then they just have to survive it. That's, that's the whole movie. It's, it's kind of like if left for dead was a movie just with a bunch of scarecrows. It has some cool practical effects. I think just the, the designs of the actual scarecrows themselves it's creepy and i don't know there's a lot you can do with uh what is that called the the uncanny valley where it's the faces that aren't faces just yeah. that kind of thing being creepy and and i know that it's it's uh it's dated and and the acting is not great but it, this is a i i think this is a great find of kind of that things from the 80s you don't hear a lot about i definitely would recommend people want to find you know find something that maybe you haven't seen before this one's pretty cool i love the tagline on it trespassers will be violated (laughs) 
That's great. Um, it was directed by William Wesley. Does that sound familiar to you? Uh, it didn't Drake. I learned a game from. I learned a lot. William Wesley. William Wesley. Wesley. You can never check me. Is <laughs> does he say William Wesley? Gotta look. This I think up. it's William Wesson. On the back, like I'm on the cover of Lethal Weapon. Back I'm to back, like I'm Jordan ninety six ninety seven. Whoa! I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought that because the whole time, like, there's no way Drake would rap about the guy who fucking directed <laughs> Scarecrows. Yeah, I learned a game from William Wesley. Okay, well, shout out Drake. He needs it. I hate that I know the the correct lyrics. Yeah, uh, I think you're the only person I know who <laughs> pick, would pick up on that right away too. Yep. So. Okay, and this is the other find I have. And I've heard about this film before and had just never seen it and finally got around to checking it out. I checked out 2013's uh, Europa Report. I've seen this. Such a cool film. I I think that a lot of uh, people would probably be put off by its presentation because it it is a little bit rougher around the edges. It didn't have a massive budget. But it definitely it- did not. Isn't Charlotte Copley's in that one? Like from District 9? I think he's... Uh, yes, them, yes yeah. he is. This film is so good at, at keeping invested in this story. Uh, this Like, it's so ambitious. And it uses a bunch of different tools to tell this story. And it, it does just feel like such an ambitious film. And you wait for the ending. And I, I think this... The, the ending is a total payoff for this. I, I think there is definitely... It's not for everybody. I'm, uh, I I remember really liking it. Yeah. It's a sci-fi horror movie. It, it is a very cool sci-fi horror movie in the same kind of vein of like Last Day on Mars. Not yeah. on, not to the same extent. I liked it more. But... I remember they came, or out, came out around the same time and I remember liking Europa Report more. Yeah. Um, I just... I don't know. It just... I think a sign of a... a a cool film or uh, a f- and you know something that has a little bit extra is something that you still think about and i still think about the end of the of this film and kind of the the story it was telling and the magnitude of the very end of it it's it, it was in a weird way very bittersweet and i i don't know i really like it i kind of want to watch it again just for some of that stuff it has a very cool story that ramps up towards the end yeah it's got a really good cast too um like not all people who are you know big time or anything but uh uh what's it called yeah charlotte copley who i really enjoy michael Mm -hmm. nequist who plays uh in the original swedish version of um the girl with the dragon tattoo he's mika blumkist (laughs) mika blumkist should i do it you're doing great you're doing great he's one of the villains in ghost protocol he's really solid um the hot teacher from matilda and Beth Davids, she she's in this. Um, oh yeah, and Dan Fogler, that guy from Fanboys and uh, the Fantastic Beasts films. I love that you have this IMDb of just like I saw this person in this random ass movie. Yeah, yep. Yeah, no, so that yeah, I remember really liking Europa Report. So. I, th- I think this is definitely a, a cool little sci-fi film that you don't really see anybody talk about. Yeah. Or if you did, it's been a while. Yeah. Nice bringing it I, back I to the surface. Something very special about it. And I have one last thing, which I'm still not finished. It's actually a TV show. I'm right in the middle of it. And I didn't really know it existed until I started watching it is Black Summer. Oh, is, yeah. I've heard about this one. Yeah, it is it's a on Netflix. Netflix anthology zombie film or TV show. Is and it an anthology? 
in a weird, it's like it's like clips that intersect with each other yeah it's it's which is basically what an anthology is yeah it's yeah. it's really cool it's all these stories that carry into each other and you see little pieces of these characters and i think that this is the kind of thing that like walking dead should have done this to freshen themselves up to do kind of these little one-off things because this is all the cool stuff that you kind of want to see without having to invest all your time into characters constantly doing the same sort of things it gives you these little blips of people just trying to survive or and some of them do nefarious things in Mm -hmm. these little little sections and yeah I, i think at this point with kind of how much zombie stuff is out there this is honestly a great way to digest it because you don't have to commit that much to each character yeah cool because yeah, like um, obviously this is a it's a zombie show. It doesn't break the wheel in terms of what these zombies do or anything. It's just kind of cool to watch, and they they spend a lot of time going through the human nature side of it. And yeah, I, I would definitely say it's it's kind of refreshing to see for a zombie show. Honestly, that's awesome. Yeah, and the, the, that one I know is on Netflix. So yeah, and there's like already a second season. Like it's out. Yeah, I thought the show was like. Well, there you go. But I think there's two seasons already. Nice. Uh, Cool. I have two left as well. So I'm going to hammer them off. Uh, Both of them are from this year. So these are brand new flicks that you could check out now. Um, The first one I'm going to talk about is Fresh, which is starring Sebastian Stan, who is the the Winter Soldier. And uh, he's uh, and plays Tommy Lee in that Pam and Tommy show that I seemed to be one of the only people on earth who didn't think was very good um but it's uh yeah also starring daisy edgar drones and was directed by mimi cave this is a really twisted comedy thriller but the comedy is pretty much at the front of the film and i wouldn't even say it's like it's not laugh out loud comedy it kind of plays out like a romantic comedy for a little bit but it is a story of a you you can get it on hulu in the states and i believe i i think it's on disney yeah disney plus gets hulu stuff in canada so that's where i watched it but uh yeah it's it's a movie about a woman who meets a guy on tinder sebastian stan and she one thing leads to another bada bing bada boom he's cutting her up and selling her for parts (laughs) uh it is a cannibal film and it's very twisted this movie is great like i I think you would really like it i obviously it has tones of american psycho and then a little bit of like 10 cloverfield lane just in the sense that he's got all these people kind of he's got her like locked up and he's a black market long pig seller Uh, yeah that's cool as shit actually yeah it's uh it's really good uh it's just a really solid thriller Definitely recommend checking this one out. This is one that pretty much uh, I, I will say, like, I love Hannibal Lecter. I love like Science of the Lambs. I love Ravenous. Um, I'm totally cool with cannibalism. <laughs> Sounds weird to say that, but like Mitch is big for can- gro- very pro cannibalism. It, it grossed me out, but not in a way where it's so grotesque because it isn't. It's just like watching them eat. It bothered me um, even more than in the Hannibal series, which is weird. Like the Hannibal series is incredible. You'll never hear me say a negative thing about that. But it's when they're 
just the the there's something about this one that just really got under my skin um like i wouldn't say it was scary i think it's really really entertaining though like the the last act especially it just gets fucking wild um the energy is just all packed in and yeah i really liked fresh so i recommend checking that out if you haven't watched it yet i thought it was a pretty cool flick casey and you said that had some comedy in it yeah well like that's why when i start watching i'm like because it says it's under horror right i'm like i started watching i'm like oh this is one of those times where they're saying like fucking dr strange 2 is gonna be horror where it's like oh there's gonna be like one part that's kind of horror-ish but no it definitely turns into a horror movie um so yeah recommend that one cool uh, last one I'm going to talk about is the highlight for me. I went and saw X on Tuesday, which is the new film from Ty West. I've been seeing a ton of hype about this. Yeah, yeah. So this is the yeah new one from Ty West, the man who gave us House of the Devil and the Innkeepers and Sacrament. Uh, you can also see him get an arrow to the forehead and you're next. He's one of the actors. And uh, this is his, I guess, return to horror. Because he did a really, he did a spaghetti western with John Travolta and Ethan Hawke called In the Valley of Violence, which I didn't think was very good. Um, but yeah, he's he's back in the horror trap. And boy, did he create a fucking enjoyable movie. <laughs> this, yeah. This movie is awesome. I loved it. Uh, me, Jason and Lauren went to it and we had a blast. This is one of the best theatrical experiences I've had in a really long time. Um, I have a thing about taking Jason to movies because he tends to laugh at things that aren't funny and uh, or aren't supposed to be funny. Uh, but there's one. He finds moment. humor in the little things. Yeah. Or like, I don't know, like, you'll, yeah, he just doesn't get as uh, wrapped up in like the, the tension unless it's really, really good. Like it takes a lot to get. That's why I think it's it's always special when like in Antlers, like he it really got it got under his skin and he was pretty quiet in that movie but there's one moment in uh x that jason let out the loudest fucking most obnoxious laugh and i was like oh my god like i was for a second i was embarrassed but then the entire theater erupted and it was like that's where the movie's really funny it's just something i wasn't expecting going in um there's some hilarious moments it's a slasher movie set around like it's totally homaging like and by homage i mean like he recreates certain scenes in the texas chains massacre um even if they're just minor little shots it's got that grime that feel of texas chains massacre he's clearly heavily inspired by it uh and it's it's just crazy it's wild everyone in it is so good uh mia goth is tremendous britney snow i've been waiting my entire life to see her boobs and it happens <laughs> <laughs> You, you, you see him all the pent up years of was it worth the her. wait oh my god being from the john tucker must die era like i was so in love with her in high school i never i've never fallen out i've always been there but it, well, she, yeah you can die happy now yeah she's tremendous in the movie kid cuddy is in this movie and what? he's fucking awesome he's very he very at all no he doesn't have he humps because he's the male porn star. It's about like a group of adult entertainers, adult filmmakers going to, they find a spot to shoot their latest picture. And uh, Kid Cudi's the dong. <laughs> he's he's banging you see Britney his Snow. Dong? No, you do see some dong though. There's, so yeah. there's something for everyone here. There's some slanging? 
there's a flat fuck in this thing, Boozy? Like there's okay, there's that's part of the confusion. It's like if there was a gator like, film, I'd know about it. Yeah, no, you uh, you just got to go and see. People people have seen it are now probably giggling, uh, thinking about. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything. I'm not going to spoil anything for you. Just go and see it. Owen Campbell from uh, uh, My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To mm-hmm. and Super Fantastic. Dark Times and uh, The Americans. He's so good. He steals the show for me. Like uh, his character is so fucking funny he's he plays the dp and he's like wanting to turn he's like the difference between the stuff the porn he shoots and everyone else's he makes it cinema oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Oh, he's playing off that character I love yeah that. it's it's great i i loved this movie and uh ever since i left the theater i just love it more because i just think about little things from it i'm like you know it's it's nothing groundbreaking by any means but it's just a fun fucking horror movie it's a fun slasher and a good uh, return for ty west absolutely that it's tough to like i think this is probably his best movie which is saying a lot though because like i love it's so tough because it's so different from the innkeepers and house of the devil um but it's just it's really solid and i'm just so happy that we got this as a a wide release film like it's an a24 picture and uh yeah I loved it. So A24 still has not dropped the ball. No. Yeah. So I'm uh, looking forward to seeing that one again because I, I really want to watch it again. I, I just had so much fun with it. It's such a horny movie, though. Like, just be warned. If my whole uh, Britney Snow's boobs thing didn't didn't warn you, it's, it's a <laughs> horny ass movie. And I love knowing that John saw it with his son. That's a great father-son bonding experience. Yeah. Well, he he was talking about he's like, well, he's 18. I was like, Gavin's 18 now. Like, I, I didn't even the time Holy flies. Shit. Yeah, it's wild. But yeah, so he got his uh yeah, I don't know. It's a great movie. Go see X. X is awesome. That's everything I got this week. All right. I think we covered just about everything. Yep. I think we did all right. Um, this will be It'll be fun getting back into the swing of things. We we are recording an episode this Sunday, yeah. uh, which I know people right they, after church. Yeah, it won't mean but, anything to anybody because it'll come well, way after that. Sunday means nothing to them because this is going to come out probably after that Sunday. But yeah. uh, we'll we'll have another episode fresh off the press for you um, with a really exciting guest. Yeah. And uh, I guess I'll just say we're going to be talking about Fright Night and the remake. Fright Night 3D, starring Colin Farrell and Anton Yelchin. Tony yeah, so get ready for that. Yeah, that's been it's absurd that the Terror Table has done like oh, to nearly 250 episodes and we haven't touched Fright Night yet. I so, actually was very confused about that because you didn't even like freak out about it. You're just like, oh yeah, we're also just doing Fright Night. It's like, holy shit. We're I think I, <laughs> yeah, because Fright Night's a, a big one for me. I, I love that movie, but we're we're going to be talking with Sean Talley, who is a producer for um, he's produced Scare Package and the upcoming Scare Package 2, Brad Chad's Revenge. Um, he produced Aaron B. Kuntz's film, The Pale Door, and uh, he hosts the Paper Street podcast, which uh, I'm going to talk about more once he's here, because unlike Kyle, I want him to hear my praises for him because I'm a huge fan of the Paper Street podcast. I think it's honestly the best filmmaking podcast out there. Like It's, it's really awesome, informative stuff. That's really entertaining. Sean's a great host and his co-host Becky Sayers is amazing as well. And uh, they just break down various different roles within the industry and bring on really interesting guests. So I, I recommend checking that out. 
Uh, but yeah, that'll be our next episode. Then we're going to be talking about some gators, baby. Hell yeah. Some flat, flat boys. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time on the Terror Table. <laughs> <laughs>